The D and Davis Show. D and Davis the Show. We are back. Uh, we had the highest rated NFL draft over three days uh, this past week. Uh, even though one of us hated on it, proving himself wrong again. Yeah, well, now, thank you for always being Max no. Kellerman. Um, no. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Max. Uh, and everyone, even you hear Adam Schefter saying, I, I was against it, but now I know it was great. And it boosted the, the Q rating. Of see, you're Roger, already wrong. You're saying Roger Cadell. What's I they say? I, it's, it's, to I don't, he wasn't supposed to come into this. <laughs> and you're the producer. You're just supposed to let me finish with the whole thing. You made very unproducery. He's ready to fight. Very unproducery. It must be this foliage you brought into the picture here now. All this oxygen you're getting into your all system. All the big ones. Libel, you, slander, they're all up there. Between three ferns. There you we go. definitely want to uh, talk about the NFL draft, talk about our Bears, uh, and also talk about the Bulls. Uh, Mark Easterly from the Philadelphia 76ers has been promoted or given the job, not given, he earned the job as the first black general manager in Bulls history. Uh, so we're going to be looking for him and our tourists to form this new nucleus. And hopefully it will be beneficial to the Bulls team that has not been good and getting some voices from the outside and people that can look at things from a different angle from the people that were inside before will benefit the team that we so much love and desire to see some championships back here in Chicago. But uh, my name is Kenneth Davis. And you know the next guy, his name is. D. Damon Spurl. What's happening, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Uh, hit the bio and take you to the, to the link to take you with, take, so you can find everywhere we are. Are you down here playing with those plants? That's what I was about to say. Is he in the jungle? Because it's like he hit it, then he looked at it like it was like you looked at it like you didn't know what was going on. It threw, me, what, off. It threw, yeah, me, it threw me off. He was like rubbing the plant. Like, what are you doing? No. All right. <laughs> Green. Um, but no, definitely uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at DN Davis Show. I'm on Twitter at Demons one IG2 Demons one I. Uh, Davis is on That's Davis. That's right. We're going to skin this that, That's Davis, IG and Twitter. And Ryan Pukoveski, producer of everything, executive producer of everything. Twitter, IG, and I, uh, Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG at Ryan B. Ski one. All right. Let's go off top. Off the top. Off top. I got a hot take this for the flip, but I'm, I'm dropping that BS right here, right now. Oh, what you got? Uh, VP Mike Pence decided to go into the Mayo Clinic with no mask on. And <laughs> For our, produ- our producer's sake, I will not make this a flip and I will not curse right now. Yes. But I'm right really now. getting, I'm, 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 I'm getting excessively tired of us acting like schoolyard children in serious situations and acting like it's fine. Mm-hmm. I understand that from the administration, they want to put out this, everything's fine and we're strong. One, even regardless of how many times and the people that are around him, Mike Pence said, you know, I'm tested often and the people around me are tested often he can still contract it and he can still pass it to someone else Absolutely. in just one second. And the fact that you're in the Mayo Clinic uh, where people go for all types of cancerous diseases and you're putting them at risk with this, this false bravado is insulting to the intelligence of all of us. Mm-hmm. And because this isn't a, a, a topical show, it's a sports show, I'll end it on that. Uh, I agree 100% with you. Yeah, I'm just tired. You know, it's funny uh, how just people kind of like draw the line in the sand on certain things like mm-hmm. I'll do the gloves but I won't do the mask or I'll do the mask I won't do the gloves or mm-hmm. any of those little things it's just like come on like what what is your goal here is it to be smart and limit exposure or is it just to get by or do you not care I mean pick a lane 
and be smart about it and start thinking about other people besides yourself. Because I don't get how you couldn't care and I don't get how you can draw silly lines like, oh, I'm only going to partake in some of the rules, but not the others. Right. Yeah. I mean, are you shocked? I mean, the president uh, said a while ago that he wasn't going to wear a mask because he didn't like the way it looked. And Mike Pence is supposed to be the somewhat of the smarter one of the two. And he goes into the Mayo Clinic without a mask on. So talking, talking to people with masks. Everyone in the and news everybody else around him. Yeah, everybody else got a mask on, but he, you know what I'm saying, you just get a force field around him, huh? There you go, Mike. All right. I got my secret service. And they're medical professionals. Yeah, I know, right? Right. That's like me moving in a room full of drug dealers and not paying attention to the vibe that's going on in the room. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't have my chunk jewelry. It, it, maybe I should have wore three chains. I mean, just to make it ignorant for you people out there, but he's moving in a room full of people that have spent their life and dedicated. We all know how long it takes to become a doctor, physician whatsoever, nurse, whatever. People that are over there in our organization, the amount of years they have to dedicate. And you're basically telling him you're wrong about this and I'm fine. And then also, and I'm, I'm of course he has to use those tests anyway, but I'm gonna blow through these tests. And, Again, I know we're not supposed to go there on this show, but then the thing to come out with the four minute test went out and then yesterday to be like, well, we didn't process them. I just said they was going out. It's just, I'm tired. I'm tired. All right. Like some things, uh, if you watch the flip, there are things to play about. And if sometimes if we've seen disrespectful, I really want to say we really have no malice in when we're doing it and let us know. And perhaps we will be better if we feel that you're right. Sometimes we may not feel that you're right. But like, regardless of partisanship, I'm just talking about saving y'all asses because I think I already had it. I'm staying away from the people that I love, but also trying to stay away from people that I don't even know because I would want someone to do the same for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All Off right. top. Off the top. All right. So we almost got. We was somewhat getting into a little heated discussion. Uh, before we started, so we just go ahead and pick it back up where we was off, where we was going. So I was listening to Danny Green's podcast, right? He has a, I think it's called In the Green Room. Uh, he had Kenny, Kenny uh, Smith, Kenny the Jet Smith, a TNT and two-time NBA champion with the Houston Rockets. He was on there, but during the conversation, Danny asked him, "So what do you, what would you like to see?" Uh, how you like? How would like? How would you like the lead to start back up again, basically? And the, uh, and Kenny said, "Like, let him listen. I know this is like a very fan." Uh, statement like Danny, you gonna have, you gonna say have to set out. He's talking to his co-hosts like, man, this is just strictly fans. He said that he would like to see the NBA uh, playoffs. He said have four games, kind of tune everybody up, but the playoff will that will be in the, uh, the in the life of like the NCAA tournament. So one through sixteen, each uh, each conference one game tournament go. So mm-hmm. I like the simple fact of I just like it because it's different. Yeah. I think this. I think this year is a wash for the most part. Honestly, I don't think the NBA and probably most most sports for the most part are coming back. If not, they're gonna come back. They're gonna be completely different. No fans, and then you got to worry about testing. It's a lot of things you have to weigh in to try to even get the games going to go right. But for me, listen, I noticed. I know this season is a wash. In my personal opinion, it's 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 this this entire year has been a blank year. So I'm all up for it. Entertain me. If you want to do something, entertain me because the season itself that we had before is gone. I'm I'm fine with it. Ken? Dan Davis' show. Uh, listen, <laughs> real quick. Mm-hmm. I saw Kenny Smith say this and Barkley and Shaq, I don't know, D-Wade may have been up there and they basically poo-pooed him when he said it. Oh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, it could be the precursor to what uh, we know Adam Silver wants to do with the midseason tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is this. I think that if one of the top four teams, particularly three, the two L.A. teams and Milwaukee, uh, make it to the finals, 
that people will basically validate this champion, let alone if that team goes on similar to the strike sword and season when the Spurs won. I can remember Charles Barkley on TNT saying that he put an asterisk on that, that team. And I remember when they started winning titles, how he kind of commented that he removed it. Mm-hmm. I think that that'll happen. Like, for instance, if Giannis wins the title this year, People are mentioning it, but he's probably coming out of the East again at least another two times. You know what I'm saying? So, again, what you're saying I would find entertaining, but the fact that, like, a team that sucks could actually make it to the semifinals, that's why we like the NBA because the the cream always rises to the top. So you just said entertain you. I would hope that you will be entertained if LeBron, Kawhi, or if if you get Giannis into the finals. So that to me, that's going to entertain me. And my my next part is, you know, if this season had ended around in January or around uh, Christmas, Mm -hmm. I'd be with you with saying that this season is a wash. But really, feeling like with there's just 20 games left and only uh, Memphis was the only team that maybe would lose their playoff spot seeding, rather, mm-hmm. I felt like the season was capped, especially where most of the teams were playing at a, at a higher level, even though we know that the Lakers had went through that run against the top teams that last week and a half or so. So I would like to... I would like to get back to that. Now, to go along with you, it's fine with me if you make you go old school and make it best three out of five that first series. I'm fine, Bobby. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to? But because again, you're still giving the best team a chance. And then I would put it like this: if you did it two rounds, I wouldn't be as upset. Now, historically, when we start us being people that have to talk about this, mm-hmm. I would, I would actually, I would point to it. You know, say like, well, you know, it's so and so lost because of this. But again, if you got it, you're giving the team a chance to lose and gather themselves. Basically, actually lose twice and gather themselves, depending on how many uh, wins the other team has. So, to me, the NBA seems like it's going to be back in June. Like, and then like when you just said you don't think, I think now due to the economy going to open back up. And if people are going to try to get back to their bread as far as their money, um, we're going to see here in Chicago, we had Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that the MLB probably will uh, happen this season. The, the Cubs and the Sox will probably have seasons with no fans in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every other team is going to um, go off of that. I'm having a conversation I told you before the show with our partner, Scoop B. And uh, we were just talking about how hard it would be to open everything up. And I'm just giving our own thoughts on Cause I, my thought was, what are they going to do? Because they got this great isolation. I'm, I'm doing my Trump thing. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful isolation. They got this great isolation. But what are you going to do with that person that's a food server? Like, you can't put everybody in a bubble, right? That's, no, but that's the whole point. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm in agreement. And yeah. what happens when players, you're testing them all this, but if, they, if they're asymptomatic initially, and uh, we already know with the antibodies, it's not 100%. And actually, some of the stuff, like some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past that were from, from, from JAMA and reputable medical associations, some of that stuff isn't even the same stuff. Like, I, I remember saying that it seemed like if you get the shot of the vaccine when it's ever created, that you wouldn't have to get it annually. Now, right now, that's true. But what it seems like they say could be a chance, I don't know if it was HPV, but it was one of those things like when we were in high school, remember where you had to get like three of them? You know what I'm saying? It was like you had to take it at this age. You, it was some vaccines and stuff you took. You didn't take it every year. But yeah. You, yeah. But you, they you saw the like grades. Yeah, hepatitis. Like hepatitis. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly what grades you went to. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like hepatitis. So they're saying it could end up being like hepatitis. So it may not be annually. Now, it could be, but it may not be annually that you get the shot. But you may have to fortify the shot more than just once. See, my, see, my thing is, is that it's going to come down to testing, right? 
And as we, yes, we've, we've tested a lot of people in America, not based on the per capita. I mean, it's, it's, it's 330 million people in here. And I think like say what, 5 million people that got tested. That's a two lot. Per, 2% of the people have been tested. So that means a lot of people in this country have not been tested, right? Okay. We have that established. Next thing is, okay. So when we do start to get tests, are, are, are the constituents, are the people of this country going to be cool with Mike Trout and Kevin Durant getting tested and not the people in their community getting tested? Right. Right, See, I that's, that too. Yeah, so that's another thing they have to lay, they have to put it upon. So I keep hearing it talking about, oh yeah, we'll have we'll have uh, games with no people in them. I mean, that's a bad look, honestly, all the way around. It's like, oh, okay, so these though these million dollar athletes get the test so they can go out there and play and make their money. I'm, yes, I want to be entertained, but what about all these other tests that these people need to be getting? So that's why I'm, that's what my whole thing is. I don't think these I don't think these leads are really going to. I could be one hundred percent wrong, but I don't know if these leads going to really start up. Before second, you jump in, second, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to say the second thing is is that I'm fine with this being an asterisk because of what's happening in this country. I'm fine with people saying, well, you know, that was kind of weird. I'm cool with that. That's just me, though. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it being an asterisk. I understand the situation that this country went, not even country, I understand what this world has went through right now. And if it's something that they just want to roll out to just do something different, I'm fine with that. Now, now, am I, now is Kenny Smith's idea probably going to roll through? No, it's not. You're, you're, you're more likely going to be correct, Ken. It it's, not enough money, it's not enough money to be gained either. True, too. That's, not, that's, a, good, that's a very yeah, good point. Like, that's yeah. a very good point. It's very you good only point. make money, I believe my dad used to tell me growing up, they have to get to like after the fourth game is when the league starts making money. Start making money. So you have that right there. Also, too, you have uh, just a simple fact of, you know, like you said, like not enough games or whatever, but it's just a lot of different layers that uh, that probably won't make it won't make it happen. Oh, I know what I was going to say. You only had twenty. You only had twenty games left, so it was already kind of solidified. So if you have like another four or five to kind of try to figure out the last seed in the West, okay, you can do that, and then you just roll right into the regular regular playoff scenario, which is probably what's going to happen. But I think I think Ryan, it still comes down to the testing and how and how this country kind of figure that figures that out. Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, when I, you first kind of brought that up as the off top, the, the thing that, that I had the most problem with, and Ken, you alluded to some of this, it's like the sportsman in me. I can't have playoffs mess around with because that title asterisk, that's just too important. I mean, how many times we talk about championships and stacking them compared to other guys and then they'll say, oh, well, that was just a shortened season. They just got in there because of that one game playoff, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. You know, how many times we point out that Spurs team lockout year championship. It's always lockout year championship. It's never just mm-hmm. one of their championships. It's going to be the COVID year. Designated. So I have no problem with them trying stuff in the regular season, go ahead with the shortened year and everything. But if we're going to cheapen the playoffs, I mean, for me, like let's do a seven game series and have less teams in there then, or something like that. Let's have the best, two teams from each conference go seven games. Like, let's make sure we make okay, this Okay, with the old MLB pennant race. But do you think it will be cheapened in the play on the court, though? So if you have you have somebody saying, yes, yes, you have one, why, why? I mean, if it's do or die, if it's, if it's, if it's do or die. Because let's say Memphis goes on a roll. We know Memphis isn't the right. most talented team. Right. Well, it's a few so we're going to miss out. All I'm trying to say is, you know, I, th- I would think, based mm. on the players and these guys go out there and play, I have to play to survive when we talk about professionals. Dude. This is like the NFL, right? Dude. Wait, Only wait. one game and then you go. I'm no, just, I'm just they don't play that, but they, don't, they haven't played that since college and they were one and done. Yeah. 
So, yes, it's, it's definitely cheaping in it because basketball out of most sports, out of all the top four sports, gets to the root of who is the best because there is a very, there's very little volatility like a goalie in hockey or a defense just picking it up in, in, uh, in, in a, an NFL. Or you, you, don't, you never know really in the MLB, especially if you're just going off of money. You know, maybe that team would get, but you never know. So again, again, but one thing, Ryan, and you said this is about the, the Spurs championship. We don't, we, we count that now. Like, we don't, because we know they're a dynasty, mm. we count it. Like, if the Bulls... No, I'm not saying they don't count yeah, it. It's just, yeah. it's always... But we don't really, no one, but no one's like, yeah, but that one title they got wasn't real. Like, yeah, we... Four more. Yeah, we saw, like, like if the Bulls would have won that year, people would have been like, yeah, that's the, they, they that was the, the, the one. So, to me, at least give whoever is the victor the chance so it's not truly an, and purely an asterisk. And it would be if you make it college basketball. So, uh, and which, and again, D, it would be very entertaining. That's not, that's not, the oh, yeah. it would be extremely entertaining, but the problem would be, and we've seen teams, we'd be like, how did that team go on a seven game win streak? And it's like, dude, like if you sit there and again, a Probably. team, yeah, but look, like, let's just say the 76 or 76 is one. We know they weren't the best team in the league this year. You know what I'm saying? Even if they were good last year, it would really still be like, and and chances are they may not even get back. Or a team, and again, they were a team that were peaking, like the Heat. Like, yeah, the Heat are peaking, but none of us believe them to be championship contenders. I want to give even those guys a chance, but particularly the guys who have earned it throughout the season, who've put put up the record and deserves it, all of them are starting from the same base. One thing we haven't talked about, though, is that there have been, been talks to open it up in some markets and where there's really no COVID or the restrictions have been lessened, and in other ones, they can't. So what would happen if teams would get an unfair advantage because they can go to their actual facility compared to player X would have to go to some other spot or some part, part out of their market. I was watching the news today, and the Lakers – have basically said they may go back before L.A. lifts the ban. So LeBron's not even waiting. He's like, I know this is my chance. I'm going to get mine. And if, look, if LeBron was winning the, win the title, there was, I mean, if you're a LeBron hater, and even like, I'm not a LeBron hater, I love LeBron James. So I always will validate his titles. I could mention it, but we already knew he was one of the favorites to win it this season. So holding it against him would just be, you just want to hold it against him to me to some degree, rather than just be honest with, he had one of the better teams before we closed shop, he, that team was playing extremely well. So again, I think it would, it would be uh, Kenny just Smith's idea as we would be really entertaining. But to me, it doesn't make sense. One thing or two, do you mention the test part? And I was having that conversation with Scoop. I think, and we saw this from the NBA and the leadership that it took uh, when they were the first uh, uh, sports league to say, you know, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And everyone else had to fall suit because if something would have happened, people would be like, why did you do what the NBA did? Mm-hmm. Uh, even college basketball finally had to do the right thing. And we know how much they hate to do the right thing. When it gets to the testing part, I think they would kind of, kind of wait until hopefully the tests were a, a, a lit, bit more accessible for us because that's what I feel too. Like people are going to be like, how did you get those tests? Just like mm. with the Utah Jazz, with the 76ers, with Toronto, with those teams that played against Utah and how the whole team had been tested. Mm. You know, like how did you get those tests like that? Like that would be something. But I, the NBA being a team, I mean being a league that is somewhat P, very PR seven. let me say somewhat, very PR savvy and usually social and progressively conscious. I don't think they would take that stumble, but you never know. All right. Off top. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, if you want to continue with it, go ahead. 
Uh, no, that's fine. The only thing I was just wondering, what if James Harden were to win it in a one-game playoff? Right. So Westbrook, well, we all count that. <laughs> that would be kind of that would be kind of dope, though. <laughs> yeah. But we would know. We know it'd be that'd be, a, but it would be super asterisk because they have no chance to win right, titles. Exactly. Right. Like uh, no chance. Well, we're playing against none. Better step up, Ryan. What you got? My off top. I want to talk about uh, the United Center's personnel moves over this last week. We got Mark Eversley of the Bulls being hired as GM, and then John McDonough, team president of the Blackhawks, being fired. Megan Malachy joins us now with sports. Megan, some breaking Blackhawks news within the hour. Yeah, stunning news, really. The Blackhawks have fired John McDonough, president and team CEO, since 2007. Now, under McDonough's tenure, of course, the Blackhawks won three Stanley Cup titles. He helped change the culture of the team and elevate their fan base. In a statement today, owner Rocky Wirtz said, quote, as difficult as it is, we believe it was the right decision for the future of the organization. After Rocky Wirtz said, uh, he was going to bring back everybody in the front office and the coaching staff. So any thoughts on either side that shocked you or impressed you? What'd you guys think? I didn't, I didn't see the John McDonough um, firing coming. Although I did see on um, Twitter, I believe, Oh, who was it? Someone, well, a former Blackhawk was on the score, 670 score here in Chicago. And he said like, John McDonough would get on players if you didn't look at him in the eyes when you shook his hand. Or he said one player came up, came to a, a season ending event, or it was something at the season ending. Like the season had been over, whatever, like that. And he had flip flops on. And he said John McDonough lost it. So. Well, you I know, mean, we've heard about John McDonough in these I streets. was, I was going to say that. Yeah, I ain't going to put it out there who said well, who. Well, you don't have I heard, to. You, the point is, you don't mention who said who. You left it where right. I said it. I ain't. You just got to do that. all that. There you uh, go. No, no, you don't no. say who said nothing. We heard in the streets. We keep going, but you're still implying. Oh, you just you just imply too that we already knew it. So obviously we've been hearing things. So, um, yeah, it was it was it would be interesting if 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 uh, Rocky Worse and the Worst family kind of took the uh, maybe had the ear or I mean listen to the players. Maybe like maybe that could have been something. Uh, also, too, the team has been struggling the past couple of seasons, like two or three seasons. So maybe he just felt that a change was going to come, and boom, he just gone ahead and did it. As far as the Chicago Bulls, man, I mean, this is an interesting move with Mark uh, Eversley. Uh, the one thing that jumps out to me is his time at Nike and him working with or trying to, in a sense, kind of recruit players to obviously uh, be on a Nike brand. So he has that, uh, he has those relationships with guys as far as like trying to get them on the corporate side and then moving into the actual league and doing very well for himself uh, as well. So, um, I like I like the move for Mark Eversley. We try to see exactly what goes on. Um, Arturo seems like he's been seems as if he knows the ins and outs and knows the guys around the league as far as the personnel, a front office personnel that that can come in and 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 strengthen his weaknesses. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, John McDonough served his time well. Um, he revitalized the brand. Uh, People go separate Three ways. Stanley Cups? Three. Yeah, three. People go, people go, I mean, and just think about where he took them from market-wise. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dale Talon still deserves his props on the player side with what he did before Stan Bowman took over. Um, but still, market-wise, coming over from the Cubs, um, look at what he did. You know, he basically applied what they did with the Cubs when the Cubs really weren't winning, that but still gained market traction. Uh, he applied that to the Blackhawks, you know, bring, giving them an annual convention, so on and so forth. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he he did his thing, and it, it, re- it reached to a point. I mean, to, I still don't know if mutually he wasn't ready to do something different because I was, like, what's more to be gained? You won three titles. You're not going to win another one soon because of that cap, that damn Canadian dollar, right? So you're not winning anytime soon because probably. I mean, who knows? It's hockey. Anything can happen. But but also, what's the fourth title to him? He got three already, to where there may be new. Always coach. win three. Yeah, but there's still maybe new pelts to put on the wall. And also, those hockey pelts don't matter like an MLB pelt. Like, so what if he goes back to the MLB? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's I mean, other... He did, he did this at original six team, and Chicago hadn't won for years. So if you yeah, just I mean, stack I, up Stanley's Cups to put the Blackhawks, that's dude, huge. But we, dude, we don't... This Hockey is not held to the same high degree of plateau uh, that you look at the other three sports. I mean, that's... We don't no, talk it's, about... It's, it's in this sport. That's, so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say, though. But, it's, yeah. but B, if you can get three there and go get one in the big three, that's better than having four there. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's, 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 dude, if you can win titles in two, in, in, in uh, two of the big four sports, it's not better than having another hockey title. That's, that sounds crazy to me. Like Reinsdorf saying, like, my one World Series championship is more valuable than six Bulls championships. Nah, dude. That's not, but that's, no, 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 that's not what I said whatsoever. That's not what I said. I'm saying one championship versus one championship. You're saying Reinsdorf compared all of his, his basketball championships to, that's not what I said. Okay. I said, a new championship in, in, in a new frontier compared to one more championship in the same frontier. That's one on one, and one's in a bigger, a, a bigger. Fr- I mean, a bigger sport. So that's what I'm not talking about. Forget the other three. I didn't say that at all. Um, and also, we realize people get to a certain point in the road. They want a new challenge. Like he, he, he flipped it already. He's he's already flipped. Yeah, he's done it. So all I'm saying is, for a guy that was initially what a 20 year baseball guy with the Cubs, mm-hmm. there there's other frontiers to take on. Oh yeah, that's I'm, 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 I'm sure he's going to try to do that's that. That's what I'm saying. He's conquered hockey, right? He didn't even get into. Listen, he may not even gotten to doing marketing, whatever for sports, CEO, and on the business side. He may not even got into it to doing in hockey. Rocky saw what he did and brought him over. He like you, you know what? The Cubs got rid of me. Theo and them came. The Rickies got rid of me. Basically, I could stay in the same market. I still knew, as you were saying, this is a brand that that, that could flourish. He flourished it. Like they had the they the biggest attraction in hockey. You know what I'm saying? At one Thanks. point, just like just like with Theo. At one point, it's as Theo did with the Red Sox. It's time to go on. And Theo, guess what Theo did? He went to a team that was worse off than the Red Sox in championship desperation and broke through then. Compared, so you're telling me that Theo, if Theo won another Red Sox title, it doesn't mean more than the one Cubs title that he won? It's within the same league. You're talking, no, about, no, niche, no, you're talking about niche sports and stuff now. Which no, no, no. I'm still putting the value. Nope. Listen to the value. The Red Sox now are a totally different organization, and they are winners. So winning again with the winner isn't the same from showing. You know what? Because you still had uh, what, Larry Lucchino. You still had higher-ups over Theo over there in Boston. He came over here, and he was the, he was the president, not the GM. He was the president. So he put more value on him. Like, look at me. I'm the man. I did it there. I did it here. I think that most competitive people, that kind of pushes them. And I'm saying the same about John McDonough. I think I, well, Ed, that's also assuming that he wanted to leave. He could have got fired. He could have got pushed out. Maybe he didn't want to leave. We don't know. You know, uh, but no, I mean, I, he I, was released technically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it didn't, didn't seem like maybe he was ready to go. He basically got fired. So, you know, I mean, it's possible that maybe he wanted to go on and do something else, but his ass got fired. Um, but I mean, it's it's one thing to say like, oh, 
I went here, I did this, oh, I did this, and we won championships, and I went to this place, I did it too. That's all cool. But you're talking about dudes who made dynasties in one place. Theo Epstein made a dynasty in Boston. John McDonough was part of a dynasty in the NHL. To go off and, and, and then Theo came to Chicago Cubs, and listen, this is the, the, the loser, club, loser team in Chicago as far as winning championships, obviously a very popular team, had won a championship in over 108 years, and they was able to get, they was able to get that championship, boom. That, that's great. You know what I'm saying? He's going to go down lower, no doubt. But he made a dynasty in another place. He didn't make a dynasty here. He, Theo Epstein is probably going to be gone. It's one thing to be a part of a dynasty and go somewhere. But, man, you, if, you was part of, if, you, if you was part of something and making a dynasty, man, that's, 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 Dude, that's something. You won. Look, boy, you turned the Cubs around, and it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't even like the White Sox year. Dog, if they get the turn of a ball in two of those in, uh, NLDSs, who knows? And I'm just and this is baseball. So, like, I don't – listen, again, there's definitely more to it with the dynasty. Yeah. But when you take the Clippers – and win a title with the Clippers, mm-hmm. that means a lot. And also, you're still not putting, doesn't mean you're still not putting the value on the chance to build a dynasty in a, with another team. You can't build a dynasty with another team until you go. You already built a dynasty with that team. I'm just talking about winning a dynasty compared to winning one championship somewhere. But the, the, the dynasty, the dynasty, I'm, I'm over. over the dynasty. I'm, I'm not arguing that, but the dynasty is over. Like, that's the thing. The dynasty, like, only out of the old players, and I've learned some of these young kids can come up, but really all you got is Kane, even though Taze played better this year, but we know the truth, and I've been saying for four years to trade Jonathan Taze. You got Kane, all right? Like, you're not uh, – listen, unless your goalie gets extremely hot, you're not winning anything. That dynasty's a wrap, yeah, all right? Fun. So – so it's okay to now try to go for a new adventure, like trying to stay here and maybe trying to eke into the playoffs the next three years. Why? If, especially if your boss is like, you know what, dude, you've done your best for me as far as bringing me that bag. I don't want to probably pay you as much as I had to pay. Think about how much he had to pay John McDonough to come to the Blackhawks when he was with the Cubs and the Blackhawks was trash. Man, he had to get him a yeah, no, That's not what I'm arguing, but Rocky, right now, the return on that investment isn't the same because you're not getting more fans through those turnstiles because you you're already the biggest attraction in hockey. So as far as what you – when you were paying John McDonough and your fortunes were low, your turnstiles were low, there was 5,000 people in there, you, he got you on television, like, yeah, you needed to pay him that to get here. But now you're here and you're still paying him this. And it's like, dude, I'm not getting the same return on my dollars. You know what? I can – right now – and this right now the sun is the interim right now. So who knows how long that's going to last, but he's telling you right there, we can do this in-house. I don't need to give you that as much as I was giving you before. I mean, that could have been a reason why he got fired, you know, but this is all assuming also, too, that he wanted to leave. We don't know. Yeah, That's it. Correct. All right. Uh, all right. Cool. So we'll come on back. We're going to get into a little bit more NFL draft and the last dance season ep- uh, episode three and four. All right. The and Davis show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis show. And there may be some plans to get baseball players back in June. What can you tell us? Well, there is a plan, Joe, but I think it's more wishful thinking than reality. I mean, when you just consider the logistics, I mean, 30 teams, traveling parties, you're talking over 3,000 people in total, players, coaches, medical staff, front office staff in a few ballparks in either Texas or Arizona. And that's even before you get to the negotiation over what would you pay the players because owners would be putting up the money to get the teams there, and they would be playing in front of no fans whatsoever, no gate money. So I, 
you know, it's great to think about. I hope it happens. I kind of doubt it will. Well, I, I think um, it sounds great in the abstract to be able to watch baseball on television. I think we're all jonesing for baseball on television right now as the weather mm-hmm. warms up. The problem is, is the first player, you have these incredible investments in these great players uh, when a player goes down with COVID. And then another player uh, contracts COVID. Then you're going to see the MLB scrambling to say, well, never mind. So I think it's a really risky thing to do, especially if they're planning on doing it as soon as June. Uh, Maybe they can manage it later in the year, but it worries me. As much as I miss baseball and miss my Cardinals, I still think this is really putting the players um, at risk for real health complications. D and Davis show. We are back. Uh, a little breaking news as we were uh, just talking. This came. This, came, this just came across WGN.com. Uh, the report: MLB considering division realignment for late June start in home ballparks. Uh, says uh, fans might be able to watch the Crosstown Classic a lot more often this summer, albeit on TV. According to USA Today's Bob Nightingale. Major League Baseball is considering a plan to do away with traditional American National League, League American National Leagues, realigning all 30 teams into three geographic divisions. So here we go. We're in Chicago. This will be for the Central. It will be the Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox, the Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, Detroit Tigers, Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, Kansas City Royals, Minnesota Twins, and the Atlanta Braves, which is Got interesting. Please mess around and win the division. Um, the proposal aims to begin the season spanning at least 100 games. By the end of June, the team uh, in uh, the, in June in teams own ballparks without fans and ahead of expanded playoff format. And also, too, uh, at the end of the story, is saying that the MLB, this is one possible uh, scenario that could possibly happen. Another possibility is considered having uh, groups of teams playing Arizona, Texas, and Florida because those teams have controlled climate stadiums. Uh, the new Texas Rangers stadium hasn't even been played yet, played in yet. Uh, my only concern to that is kind of like what we talked about on the flip. If you haven't, uh, if you missed it, check it out. The casino circulated air. air. Now you don't want that. So I don't know about that, but this is a possibility. What do you guys think? Uh, I, uh, just really quick. It, it sounds impossible that they're going to just bus around these players to all these oh, different locations fl- geographically. They'd be flying. They'd be flying <laughs> they got the charter jets. Flying, right? whatever. It's like, major, major league. Like that, Everybody get on a bus. I get the point that you're trying to make. You're well, right, you right. You right. said the bus in the run. You're right. So my thought was this, all right? The real detriment to this, because compared to I was just telling D before you rejoined, Ryan, I like this more than the sixteen, the, the tournament style basketball situation because one, I won't get, and I know I can go probably to Wrigley to see him perhaps, but I won't see him as much. I wouldn't get to see Russell Okuna uh, and Albies as often as I would get to see. And I was saying to him like, "Damn, they're gonna take this damn division away from us." And I'm in Chicago, not just the Sox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but still, that you have so many teams playing against each other, being entertaining. But I'm, it can, and it's along the lines that you just said, Ryan, as far as infection. My problem is this. When you're making it regional, you know what you also you're doing? It? You're making it easier for people to travel and see their teams. Mm-hmm. And that kind of feeds the purpose of kind of making sure we at least squash this during the summertime when people in a, a neighboring state 
that wouldn't be able to go see their team because usually probably may, perhaps, I mean, you have the Cubs in Milwaukee, but sometimes with the neighboring state, you may not have, you'll have a team that's AL and one's NL. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like in Missouri, uh, you know, like down there or whatever, you know, like with St. Louis and with Missouri rather. I don't know. Uh, if, I don't you know get what I mean? I mean, Missouri and Missouri is what I'm saying. I don't, yeah, know, I, don't know, I don't know if that'd be a, too much of a, I don't know. I don't know if you don't know if fans are being the stadiums though, yeah, right? Fans are, I don't think fans right. Well, you're right. You're think right. about, think about Wrigley where they put that new TV. So they can't, control the sidewalk, right? What if everybody just started lining up? I was going to say, what if I got that off? But, I was, but, that but the point that I was still going to make is, you know what? Man, dude, we see it with St. Louis all the time. People, that's part of their summertime. You know what I'm saying? To, it's a culture. City it's, culture. Yes. To travel for, to you. your rival city. Yeah. To travel to a rival city. And just to say that because they may not be able to enter the stadium, they still be able at that point to enter the bars around that stadium. That I still think it's going to be an enticing factor to people to want to travel more. I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't know if travel is going to be fine or not. I'm not a doctor. So let me lead off with that. I'm only pointing out that I just wonder if that's going to increase the risk of infection from state to state, city to city, with people traveling to see their favorite team. It's still going back to my initial thoughts is, okay, this is cool. Basically, you merge the NL and AL division, uh, AL, uh, uh, all the divisions based on the regional uh, standing. But uh, it's still coming down to testing, man. It's still coming down to testing. One thing it did also say, it says that while Nightingale reports league executives are optimistic, all of this is pending approval from medical experts and increased COVID-19 testing. It's still coming down to testing. You know, it would make a lot of sense to me, the division alignment, if they did, if they merged the two plans, you said. Mm -hmm. If let's say that whole central division was in Texas playing, in that mm-hmm. one stadium, maybe you could get that done. I just don't think that they're going to be able – like Chicago to Atlanta, that's not just some easy travel where you're not going to be seeing anybody and limit all exposure possible, mm-hmm. I would think at least. Also, let's be honest. These leagues haven't been forthcoming with how many players have really been affected by this. If you just look at nationally, mm-hmm. the amount of people – and these, these people are spread out amongst the country – Mm-hmm. And you and you don't and mind you, they were in spring training. Let's just say the MLB, they were in spring training when this happened. Meaning they were all congregated together. You look at basketball; they were playing when this happened. And if you think that they're going to let us know because they don't want the risk to look like they're just looking at it like it's not as serious, that more players in these uh, organizations didn't catch it, and they're just not being forthcoming with it. I don't know what to tell because they're not immune to it. I mean, they may be because of how healthy they are immune to the risks of, of, of uh, the mortality risk. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the fact that as far as infection rate, if you don't think guys that are naked in a, and I'm not saying it in any type of nasty way or trying to make it seem salacious, but guys that are showering together, playing ball together. Oh, exposure. It's just a, the, a, it's not even like compared to us. We don't risk. We don't naturally risk ourselves in those type of fashion. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to highlight that. Oh, yeah. No, no, right. no, no. One other thing I was kind of thinking, and I wonder what you guys think the leagues might do. Let's look at, like, baseball. Let's say a few pitchers, like, blow out their arm. Are they going to have, like, a pool of players that they're going to be able to just call up? Or is it just mm-hmm. like, hey, we'll test whatever free agents are out there, and if you're clean, then 
come on in, but if you fail the test. Well, yeah, I mean, they had, the, they had the good minors. They had the minors. That's a good one. Yeah, but we don't even know as far as how, like, you know how much, like, how much money you have to spend to isolate the minor leagues? Like, oh, I don't, man. like, so, they like, you want to pay them. That's what I'm about to say. Yeah, it's true. I forget. So, as much as, as much as you have to do now with not just isolating the players and the coaches, but also the service people for those players, because that's where, to me, it's going to get in, let alone the family interaction. And we know they've said they're going to take, take them away from their families. But to your point, like, dude, you, first of all, you're playing with uh, something that gets tossed around to different people. All right. The mm-hmm. All the time. And mm-hmm. it's just the, the, the chances of someone getting infected. Like, dude, you're not. Why would they wear a glove on their, on their throwing hand? Some people, I mean, how many pitchers? Most pitchers don't want to do that. Maybe not the pitcher, but maybe everybody else. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I mean, but guess what? If the pitch is infected and he's throwing the ball around, it's on your glove. So as soon as you be like, man. <laughs> <laughs> get some of these sunflower seeds. Exactly. <laughs> cold, cold. Like, yeah, but look, look, what you just pointed out, though, that's like, that's their natural reaction. That's why I say yes, anything going to happen. Some players, but see, I, I would, to me, I'm fine with if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person opining that we have to do that, sports this year. Right. But I think I, when we, they're telling us now, when you're listening, like, listen, dude, we'd help y'all out. We got some, pe- some people got to die again. I mean, unfortunately, I, it's not from Dean Davis. They're telling us we're opening up the markets that we have to open up the markets, and that's what we're going to do. And they're starting to show us basically by June, the markets are probably going to be open again. And we still know that some people are going to be sick. And I mean, oh, me personally, yeah, me, me personally, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to where I can still bring in an income from here. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't, I would probably be outside trying to make any type of uh, ends meet. Uh, to help my family mm. or whatever, uh, but it's it's hard. I mean, so it's, again, I don't want them to open it up, but how far are you going to take this? Uh, you know, what I'm saying they're already saying that. And it, I'm, one thing, I, I, my last point. I know we don't like to get political on the show. I'm happy to be in a blue state with a blue state governor because it's less BS when it comes to just facts coming across. I may not even have to like what Prisker says. And I wasn't a person supremely happy with Prisker because he didn't reveal his tax returns. And you can't be mad at Trump for not giving up his tax returns and say it's okay with Prisker, Mm -hmm. regardless of what party you ride with. But when they said that basically it's return in the fall, dude, let, listen, let's be honest so that in the fall, we got more computers for these kids when they have to work at home. It makes no sense that we're in this country. And and did you tell me if this ever happens again, it's not a, at least a half million ventilators somewhere stockpile ready to go the mm-hmm. type of country we are. So it's like, I'd rather have someone who's being upfront with the problem, because if you're being upfront with the problem, one, we can call you on if you didn't remedy it when it hits again, but probably if you're going to be upfront with it, you're going to try to solve that situation rather than being someone that's always saying that the situation isn't really true. Right. No, hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. Right. D and David show. All right. Let's go ahead and get to, y'all want to go draft. Y'all want to go last dance. Where y'all want to go? Draft? Draft? Yeah, let's do draft. All right, NFL draft. All right, so listen, as Ken said to kick off the show, this is one of the most, uh, it was the most or one of the most? No, this was the highest rated. The most. They got, what is it, 55 million people watch this? I mean, ain't nobody else got a damn thing to do. You got nothing to do. Let's watch the draft. Let's watch a guy who, who, in seventh round, you know, said, ran him some shorts and uh, I picked you. Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, you definitely got those. Somebody, Somebody saw him. So listen. Chicago Bears didn't have a first-round pick. Which they can't even have this year. What? what? They can't have what? The parade for Mr. Relevant. 
Oh, yeah, right. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Chicago Bears uh, they had a couple. They had a couple in the second round pick. Uh, two second round picks, I should say. Uh, some fifths and sixths and sevens. Uh, definitely jumping out to us, Ken. I would definitely say is uh, Cole Commit, uh, local boy here, tight end coming out from Notre Dame, and Jalen Johnson from uh, mm-hmm. Utah, cornerback. Uh, one of you and Utah. Listen, everybody think like, oh, it's Utah. No, Utah had one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. So this kid's coming in possibly is ready to start. I did want to ask um, uh, Deion Miller this when we had her on earlier this week. But Johnson come, is coming in. We had already, what, three shoulder shoulder injuries? Shoulder, sh- uh, surgeries. Shoulder Ooh. surgeries. So that's something that I think is going to be kind of – Two of them were like in high school and first year of college. He'd been healthy for a while, and then he played on a full torn labrum the whole twenty season. Right. I mean, your body still get cut into surgery, surgery. But coming into the league now, you know it's a pass, it's a pass the league. Going to get focused. Uh, Cornerbacks going to get a lot of play. But uh, Ken, I kick it off with you first, man. What do you think about the Bears draft and the first two picks? Obviously, Uh, I thought Cole Commit was a gimme. I think for the most part, from a month and a half, two months ago, if he was there and it was rumors where he was going to be there, mm-hmm. you thought it was a good chance that the Bears were going to pick him up. Um, and, Ryan, cool. and Ryan's been calling for him all time, all season, too, last season, I should say. Yeah. I locked him. Yeah. I, I think so. That one wasn't – you didn't do much with that. That one uh, – Get that man his praise. Get that man his praise and his, too, and his, and his three too, furs. That was too simple, right? <laughs> yeah, but, okay. uh, no, but no, uh, but I like – but listen, even with the fact that, it, you know, he's been splitting time with baseball and football at ND, um, you like the fact that, one, it makes the uh, – the, and, again, we can all Jimmy – I mean, poo-poo it, but it makes the Jimmy Graham pickup look better because now you have an inline blocker to go with the you guy. You know what I'm saying? Because And it's not a you guy that's like – again, you want to be better than this, but like Adam Shaheen where it's like, yeah, you know, he can kind of move, but he's not really fast. Like, kids fast, mm-hmm. um, seems agile, physical, uh, more to grow. I like it. I really like the Jalen Johnson pick. And, again, I like the Cole Commit pick, but – it's, it's, it was expected, so it doesn't it's, it doesn't jump out to me right there. If you, if you were anybody in Chicago and Cole Commit was still on the board at forty, you pretty much knew he was probably going to be a bear. If they didn't take him at forty three, maybe they risked someone picking him up and would have waited to fifty. Uh, Jalen Johnson with the first round grade, even though due to his shoulder, uh, when you got a talent that everyone is predicting to be a first uh, first year starter yeah. automatically uh, with that type of height and that type of press coverage ability, uh, knowing what you 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 got here uh, as far as how your coach uh, Chuck Pagano likes to play, and see even when you look at the fact how Chuck Pagano played compared to Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio wasn't really bringing that heat, so. Yeah, those cornerbacks was playing a tad bit more, not a tad bit, but more zone. Uh, and that's why you had a Prince Mukamore here who press coverage really isn't his thing where compared to Cal Fuller it is, especially with his length. Um, so I, I like it because now when we know that Chuck Pagano likes to bring that heat and those corners got to be out there by themselves, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I like that you got you a guy. And now even though we hoped and prayed, and I'm not dissing it. I mean, I wish Trey, Trey Robinson the best. But now it doesn't look like the Bears are silly because even if Trey Robinson proves to be very good, if you would have came into this year and the transition from him going to the CFL and the NFL was a schism, mm-hmm. people would be like, what the hell are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And, but at least now, and even if we're putting all of it on Jalen Johnson, but at least now there's so much competition in that room, it should be a quality starter going along the other side of Cal Fuller, right? Yeah, I think uh, 
probably overall looking at the draft, they got value at every spot. Everybody kind of agrees that every player they picked up, that was the right fit, except for probably Cole Komet. He probably got drafted too high. Mm-hmm. And I know Hub was saying he had about 12 prospects that were higher up than uh, what Cole, Cole Komet, Komet was. Yeah. And on top of it, too, there was a lot of guys falling down that weren't expected from that first round, like Jalen Johnson, that they could have gotten. I mean, they could have gotten the next player after, I believe, was Trevon Diggs of uh, Alabama, the cornerback. Stephon Diggs' brother. Yeah. Right. Maybe they would have gone with him or some of the other guys that were considered first round talents at a cold, but he obviously fits what they need. They need to get this tight end going. They have to get it and with Demetrius Harris, Jimmy Graham, him, and then a nice competition for the four and five spots. That position doesn't look as weak as it did last year. And then all the way, the rest of the way, Jalen Johnson, for as much as Cole Komet was a reach, Jalen Johnson was a steal and more at 50. Yeah. Like, there was no reason why he should have been there other than, I guess, the shoulder issues. But, man, Tua went five with way more issues than this kid. This kid is good. I mean, he was a playmaker. I love yeah, that they showed a, a highlight of him just picking up Jacob Eason and taking it to the look, house. And the even more, look, Ryan, well, going along with what you said about Tua, Tua has bad wheels for a mobile quarterback. Right. This guy just has a bad shoulder, sure. and he played through the whole thing through the whole season. Yeah, he missed, like, no time. I think he missed, yeah. like, one game. Did you, guys like, read, he good. He did you guys read on how why he uh, decided Utah and everything like that? Mm-mm. So, so you know, his father was was definitely hard on him, training him up. Uh, but he seems like he was always a really mature uh, young cat, and he had he had scholarships from USC and UCLA. He's a California kid. Oh, okay. He went to so this wasn't like oh Utah was the, the highest place. Mm-hmm. He went to Utah because he wanted to graduate in three years, and that he was going to get early playing time there, and he did both. Yeah. So and the system fit what his strengths were. So this young man has been mature beyond his years for a long time. All right. And everything you hear coming out is terrific. Uh, I think we all and like just go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Two more guys to keep an eye on for if we have a season, assuming we'll have a season. Mooney, Darnell Mooney, the receiver that they got with all that speed. The speed he's, yeah. he's definitely a project. He doesn't have enough size, but they can use his speed. And, you know, Matt Nagy loves using receivers in different ways. They can use that and be an impact. And then this Travis Gibson, this pass rusher, he can be a rotational guy. Lane, Maybe right? Mark Anderson. That's what, dude, yeah. first of all, you stop. Because that's what I was going to say to Dion. And I was just about to what? say it, and, you, and I was going to say it. Travis Anderson interests me. <laughs> I've been meaning to say he's Mark Anderson. I was going to tell Dion, I was like, it, it, but in a better way because you you put Mark Anderson out there as a starter when you should have left him in the position that you should have yeah. left him in. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know that when you have Quinn and you have Khalil Mack, unless one of them's hurt, you probably aren't going to do that. Now, Quinn's probably not going to be there for five years, but he should probably be there for at least three, three. of those seasons. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you look at a raw athletic guy, Bendy, and Trevor Gibson now, and you're asking him to be the third guy coming off when those linemen are tired, man, now you t- right. you're, t- you're t- And then uh, making it better than Mark Anderson, you're not playing in a 4-3. In the 3-4, you're giving these guys room to run and get that. And he that. plays. he plays great with a hand, and hand down, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I definitely – everything you said, uh, even when we look at uh, Kendall uh, Vildor, he was raving. Like he was raved. The one thing you heard, and this is the thing if you paid attention, of course, from the nights that we've been uh, allowed and you know, the, the host on the score, Ryan always uh, sets up our guests and does a fantastic job for us. 
Um, the thing you heard was when you started here the, that those hosts, like you mentioned, like a hub, I heard Mark Grody on during that, that second, that third day. Yeah. That third day when they started hearing, you know, through channels, what the national people were saying, because you can only scout so many people and that mm-hmm. man, people were raving on a Vildor and his mm-hmm. press coverage. And like, so, and you're, you're, you're not even looking at him as being your nickel this year. Cause you still right. have bust the screen. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, you know, okay. Dime packages, perhaps maybe sometime in the nickel, but dime packs, letting him get his feet wet. And then maybe the year after starting to implement him as your nickel guy, this draft. Now, I mean, Arlington and Lachavius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, is that not, uh, uh what, what was, the, uh, uh, what's the name from uh, Matt TV guys that got their own show? Uh, oh, Keenan and Kale. Listen, Keen that's Peele. a Keenan and Kale football uh, uh, thing. When they, yeah, Keenan Peel, when they kept doing like Latavius Shavarius <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> like, when I saw Latavius, I was like, and when Don was on with us, and she was like, Lecha-, I was like, yes. Because yes. I was like, Lecha-. when I first I was like, Latavius. Right. But uh, listen, with the two two uh, guard tackle guys, seem like swing guys in uh, Arlington, Arlington, Hambright, and Latavius Sims- Simmons. Who knows with them? But I think the picks above them, there was a lot of value. He went ham in the fifth. If he hits on two of them, and I won't say he hit on three of them, but I think you may get value out of three of them. But he hits on two of them in a draft that you didn't have a first or a third or a fourth? Damn, son, you you did your dizzle. Hey, listen, yeah. Pace has usually been able to hit on guys late in the draft, mm-hmm. not early in the draft. So let's see if this comes out. So one more. I have a question for you all. What did you all think of Hurts going to Philadelphia? Being drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I can't. Carson Winston obviously has been banged up. Mm-hmm. It seems as if kind of a lot of reports coming out. At least people we've talked to that he, I mean, they like him, but they don't like him like that. You know what I'm saying? It was ready. It was ready to ride for Nick Foles, but the players, the players, the players, the, players. the players, not so much the fans. The fans are crazy anyway. But the players are ready to uh, would ride for Nick Foles and not so much for Wentz. So, what do you all think about Jalen Hurts uh, being picked up uh, by the Eagles? Well. The problem is the fact that they should have gotten a receiver earlier. And I like the kid they got. Is it from TCU? Yeah, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. I like Rager. Uh, Me and Ryan talked about it. I still worry about some of the top end uh, with Rager. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the top end. And like if you're looking at the value as far as helping that quarterback, but you have an injury-prone quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like – the thing is, in this situation, especially with someone whose job has been up due to the fact, even though he was a phenomenal quarterback three seasons ago in the second year, someone took his job. Well, didn't take it. He got hurt. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And went to, the, and went to the, 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 to the Super Bowl and won it. And then he got hurt the year after – and they were just – they were close to getting back to the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, it, when you when, – when the, when the backup quarterback is, is a slight threat, even though your quarterback's tools-wise, tools tools-wise, tools wise, Carson Wentz has the tools. Absolutely. As you alluded to, some people worried about if he necessarily had the total team behind him. But you bring in Jalen Hurts, and I like the fact that they're being honest with the fact that, you know what, especially in a weak division, even though Dallas had a phenomenal draft, yeah. right? But in a weak division, when we're comparing it to last season, uh, and also a team, a division where there's all turnover in the NFC East. The only team that doesn't have turnover as far as the head coach is the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else is in a, a, a shortened season 
and they don't have any OTAs. They're doing it virtually, right? How are you implementing your, your, your offenses and your defenses, especially if there's different verbiages from the past regimes or whatever. But so I like the fact that for a hurt quarterback, they got a guy, but also for different packages, they got a guy because you can right now use him really as a, a better Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. You can use him as a better Taysom Hill because he's really played quarterback at a higher level. You know, you're talking about right. Alabama oh, yeah. and Oklahoma. Oh, so yeah. even if he was looked at as a run first quarterback and you look at the numbers that he put up last year at Oklahoma, uh, so and you saw that he can get it done with his arm, even though Oklahoma, everybody's damn near open. Uh, basically, I, I like it, but still, if I was an Eagles fan, I, f- I wonder how I feel about it because it would be cool, but I also would have wanted some value for the guy that we hope is our Hall of Fame quarterback going down to the future. Now, Ryan, I did. I just brought up uh, for both of you guys. I just brought up uh, Carson Wentz contract. There's an out after the 2022 season. Uh, where it's like three years, eighty one million, eighty one point eight million dollars. So it's a potential out for who though. Carson Wentz. Oh, like saying who, like, who can he like opt out or no, can he just cut him? No, uh, is it a player option or is it a team option or is it a mutual? Mm, let me see if I can find that. I mean, but that's interesting. Even if either way, obviously, if it's a player option, he's going to take his money. But it's interesting that they draft this young guy, as you just said, Ken. He has quality uh, skill set to come into the league and potentially be a starter and they draft this guy and it's a potential out. But let me find that. Let me find that clause. It's still going to take years for him to be a real star, like at least two seasons to be a real star in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So like it, the situation, cause this is the thing too. And you look at it with green Bay uh, Packers taking Jordan love in the first round. These teams know that you don't win Super Bowls with quarterbacks that are in the top 5% as far as their contracts. And sooner or later you got to start getting back to, you know what? Even though he gets us to this point, part of the reason we only get to this point is because of how much money we're paying him. And when we can get back into that rookie quarterback deal or uh, a lower deal as far as let's just say you have a a quarterback like if uh, Jalen Hurts succeeds, uh, um, uh, works, that he can sit there. And when you try to sign him to a deal, he may take a lesser deal initially because – he, where he was drafted and on top of how much production he has at that moment, similar to what Taysom Hill did down there with uh, New Orleans. And he talked about how I think I'm a, a, a lead quarterback. And even though he got 21 mil, he's basically just getting $10 million a season. Then you can take advantage of that guy and be like, you know what? I can get a couple years out of him on the lower side before we really, if we decide to give him that big contract, if he's our guy moving forward. And Ken, you know, I thought the same thing. Taysom Hill, is this what they're kind of going for? Seeing maybe get add a playmaker to that offense. Certainly it gives them that extra security having a quarterback in case Carson Wentz goes down. And the Eagles, I think, have since come out and said that they really believe, especially in this COVID season, that the backup quarterback is very important for mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And that's part of their thinking. Uh, I think that, I mean, the writing's clear on the wall with Carson Wentz. He has the talent to do it when he's in there, but he has been inconsistent and he hasn't been durable enough to stay in there where you can really count on him. That's the biggest thing. Even that deal he signed, like, yeah, it was a big number, but in terms of overall quarterbacks, what they're getting, it wasn't a crazy huge number. It was mainly based off his potential and his draft status and what he did that one year right before he got hurt. He's going to be the MVP that year, probably. He was going to be the MVP. Yeah, we're quick. So, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Finish. Uh, uh, finish, just, Ryan. Finish, for please. Me, I think that Jalen Hurts 
that's a great situation for him. He can really learn and develop right behind Wentz. He's got a good quarterback-friendly coach and Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. If he can come out and play well, I think they'll be happy, like you said, Ken, to get on a rookie quarterback contract and get Carson Wentz out because they're not too far away talent-wise from be competing for another Super Bowl. And Dan Davis show. And uh, one thing about Philly you can say, they may be a rabid fan base and crazy. Unlike a lot of cities, they let up some black quarterback. All right, from yeah. Randall, Cun- Randall Cunningham, Donovan yeah. McNabb, to Mike Vick. Mike Vick, you know, so on and so yeah. forth. They love him a little color on their quarterback. So, uh, but I'll say this too, to go along with the Carson Wentz thing and not looking at it as a negative, his contract. Carson Wentz did the right thing because let's not forget what's going on in Dallas with Dak. They want him to mm-hmm. sign a five to six year deal. Carson Wentz contract is going to come up when that new TV deal is. That's why you have Laramie Tunsil. Did y'all see the headlines that Laramie Tunsil reported on ESPN? Mm-hmm. He, no, said, man, he said, I was speechless looking at the contract I got. He negotiated his own contract with stupid old Bill O'Brien, right? Mm-hmm. And he had advisors with him. He got 66 mil guaranteed for three seasons. All right. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't even proven that he's a credible damn left tackle yet. And he flossed their ass. Right. And the thing is, it's three years because what? Because he's going to be back out there when a new TV deal comes in. The same with Carson Wentz. So it's probably his out because it gives Carson Wentz, if he was performing at that elite level, another crack at big dollars again in his young age. It says 2020 Mm -hmm. option must be exercised by uh, maybe March 27, 2020. Or 2020 salary jumps to $31.383 million and remains void. So that's the so that's the option. But it still didn't say who the out op, the no, option yeah, was. I bet you it was from Wentz because it's probably from Wentz. Everyone knows that with that new TV deal, and that's why Dak wants another crack at the apple. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, no, 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 no. Get outside four. But I want to get back at that, get back, get back up there on that market, and that's probably on Wentz. And there's nothing wrong with that. It should like we, 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 smart, customers. smart business. He got a right. ton of QB money right before he, he was supposed to even get it. Basically, he wasn't even in his fourth year, and they gave him that money. He was hurt, and now he's going to. So he has solid money already in the bank. It's counted for. And now, if I can get back to where I was two seasons ago. Listen, they may not want me, but guess what? There's going to be a few teams out there that will pay me premium dollars. Yeah, he's he's Kirk Cousins. He's what, 26, Mm -hmm. 27 years old? 27 years old right now? So, still still fairly uh, pretty young. What, uh, what, who's drafted you like the most? For me, I guess, even though Baltimore had a good one, Mel Kiper was capping for it. Not capping, he was, he said he liked it, even though he's from Mm -hmm. Baltimore or he resides in the area. Mm -hmm. I really like Dallas's, man. Like, yeah. yeah, Dallas That's went in job. like we're trying to win. Uh, we already got Gallup. Uh, we sitting here. We just signed uh, Amari Cooper to this money, and dude, we gonna bring in CD Lamb. And the thing is, the flip, Oof. the thing with the CD Lamb thing is that Amari Cooper deal is now about two years for real. Because if he's not operating at a premium level, then they gonna look. Because sooner or later, they have to give Gallup some money. And then you got CeeDee Lamb right there. And then that keep that has a plethora of tools, basically, right? Like think about the fact that you your your job in a way is to stack the box and to, to sit there and stop Ezekiel Elliott, even though their quarterback was the MVP last season. Mm-hmm. And you gave that emerging quarterback a premium weapon to CeeDee Lamb. And just the picks that they had even after that, Dallas had a phenomenal shout out to Jerry Jones and Steven Jones. 
they had a phenomenal draft. Uh, I'm, I'm hats off to them. I'm with that. For me, it was unfortunately a team in the Bears division. I really liked what Minnesota did. Minnesota, yeah. Vikes, Vikes, yeah. Like Justin Jefferson was one of my favorite players coming into this draft, and so they got him. I thought that was great. I don't know if it met, mixes well with Adam Thielen because they're both kind of slot guys, but I really like the player. No breakaway guy right there. No take it off the top guy right there. Even though he right. ran, he ran a better forty time than people expected in Justin Jefferson. Remember his brother being down at a QB down there uh, at LSU, uh, but. Still, uh, do I'm with you. Even though they lost a lot of guys, but they definitely had the better draft team. D, and they, they I'm sorry, got a lot of guys. They just D. got a lot of guys, and I like Gladney. Uh, the one thing that jumped out to me, I say within the division, is actually the Detroit Lions. You got Akuda and you got Swift. You got a, one of the top rated, probably the best corner uh, cornerback in the league, and you got Swift who down there in Georgia, man. Who man, you get listen. If you let that dude get any kind of one-on-one action. It's over. He's he's swifty. He he can go ahead and do his thing. So that's the team that kind of jumped out to me. Minnesota definitely did. Uh, they had a lot of picks. Uh, Baltimore looked good. So I mean, I, I like what the Bears did, but I think with the Lions, I kind of like I like I like Akuda and I like Swift. One other team, um, even though they didn't go offense at all, I kind of liked what Carolina did, especially mm. with Derek. Brown and getting the Penn State pass rusher. Talk about rebuilding your front on the fly. Two of the best prospects on the interior line. I like I like getting Ed Slayer at the back of the first round with a, such a phenomenal offense. That was great. City. That was that's going to be fit. scary, dude. Perfect. That's going to be so scary. And and they haven't lost anything. Like it'd be different if they was filling a hole. They haven't even lost anything, so that one I definitely like. But real quick before we get out of here, let's switch to the last episode of Last Dance. That's how they left. But I think Mike had a lot of confidence in me to knowing that I'm gonna be there for him. I'm not gonna let him down. I'm not gonna let the team down. I'm gonna let the, the city down. No. Rockin clears the defensive board to the goal. Nets. Gave it a whirl, but just did not have enough. The defending champion Chicago Bulls blocked off the New Jersey Nets. 100 to 92. Dennis is what held us together when Scotty was up. He had to really focus to make us as competitive as we were. We adapt, and we adapt quickly, and we're off and running. Rodman battling for the rebound, saving it in. And Chris snatches it out of the air. Kills it. Dennis, best win in basketball. That Dennis Rodman does to make his team great. Awesome. So we finally got episodes three and four. Uh, the first episode focused on Dennis Rodman, I believe. And the, the worm. Second, yeah, the second episode, continuing from Dennis Rodman, focused on the team the Bulls had to get to get to prominence before winning their first title, and that is the Detroit Pistons and how hard that battle was and the still. I would say simmering, but ignited fires from the players on those two rosters. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with uh, Luke Kanellis. Uh, you, can, you can check out that interview right now. You can go look at it after you get through watching this. Uh, but listen, uh, I said to him, the bitter pisses, even though I finished going even deeper into that, and some of the stuff like Isaiah went too far when he kind of was like Buddha Edwards and that John Sally brought a mentality to the Bulls team. And Stephen A. Smith on first take was trying to – he tried to get on him. But the thing that he didn't say – and everywhere I'm watching the debate show and you need to hit on these points, he didn't say that enough that that was the second 3 P. He made it seem like that maybe one or two of them were on the first 3 P team. 
So you already had a championship team. Even though he said some of the Bulls taking some of their defensive principles, it, that, that wouldn't bother me, uh, even though it's taking something away from uh, Bach and Clemens. Uh-huh. But that doesn't bother me. But to say that those players necessarily fortified them when the Bulls won three titles before any of those players ever stepped on the roster mm-hmm. was a bit much, uh, to say the least. Uh, but it was good to see good old rivalries uh, that still are f- festering. And they're not hurting each other. I'll say this. Now get off it real quick. I'll say this. Um, I like the fact I would want to see these, these teammates from these two teams in one room together. And at first when I was thinking about it, I was like, I would like to see them separated. And I was like, you know what? I'd like to see them a little close just to see if anything will pop off and someone will swing a Lambeer or if Lambeer, Lambeer probably could because <laughs> he's a, a coach in the WNBA. It wouldn't look right. But I will, just like how they did the bad boys and now they're doing this, because we don't have, we don't really have teams that we care about right now in our modern society that have this much hatred to each other and it's lasted this long. Bird and Magic basically hug every time we think we see them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have it where even like, and the Knicks never won a title. So compared to how the Knicks were, like, there's at least a real true, even though the, the, the Knicks were a rivalry, uh, with the Bulls, but at least it was a rivalry because one team won and then the other team won when it came to the Pistons and the Bulls. But I would love to see these, all these guys in the same room together. And I like to also uh, point out how people kind of played around with was just rhyming on drugs and I, I, I liked it because people still showed their affinity for him because one person was like, yeah, hey, the drugs. And maybe Jalen uh, Rose was like, and hey, the drugs. And I was like, ooh, he was the first person to finally say it. Right? <laughs> Everybody else focused on like alcohol. You know, sometimes it'd be like, the alcohol, but be like, but we partied. And would be like, Mm, yeah, you're doing something but, else. But D, what'd you do? <laughs> well, I'd say well, before the uh, documentary started, I said the one person I was looking forward to kind of seeing seeing a lot of was Dennis Rodman. And mm-hmm. that and that third episode was pretty, really cool. Just a simple fact of I never knew, at least I don't remember about the whole thing about him doing a vacation. Oh, yeah, like, they, yeah. they said it. They said it when it happened. Yeah, they, like, they needed back a vacation. Then they said it. It's like, Dennis was gone. Vac- they yeah. said it when we were kids. He was like, Dennis, they, they said they, it that Dennis left. They, uh, he, uh, I didn't remember that. And then it's mm-hmm. a fact that also the story is that Michael Jordan had to come get him. Michael Jordan was saying, like, he ain't coming back. But who went to go get Michael Jordan up out of the hotel room with Carmen Electra hiding You mean Dennis under? Rodman. I mean, Dennis, I was just, Dennis Rodman with Carmen Electra hiding up under the covers. That was an all-time classic story right let me, there. Let me get up in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, too, Dennis Rodman chugging the Miller, I mean, uh, the Miller Light and hopping on a uh, motorcycle and driving off. Like, damn, they're showing everything. Okay. So, but that was pretty cool, man. Dennis, the Dennis Rodman episode was really, really good. We already had his 30 to 30. We know his backstory. But kind of seeing how, you know what I'm saying, he felt bad because Man, Michael, Michael Jordan need me? Oh, my God, Michael Jordan need me? Man, he come pip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They kind of threw him off a little bit, and he needed a, a little a little bender right quick, you know? So that was really cool to see. And also, too, listen, I'm I'm over the pisses and the bulls rivalry. I don't want to see a bunch of 60-year-old men, damn it, 60-year-old men, bitching about something that happened back in 1989 or 1991. We ain't got no sports I'm, right now? I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm <laughs> Dude, I'm the type over. of listen, I'm the, the Scotty Zeke hatred alone would be enough because he doesn't respect Scotty. Scotty hates him. Scotty, oh, listen, but I like I said, like you said, 
We already know this. Ooh, but we have never so seen, seen them go at it. We've never seen them go. Listen, it's and the, it won't happen. The ish it, it talking. Listen, I bet you this. In the next three years, it's a chance you're gonna get some of these players in the same. It ain't because you know what they love to. They love to get money off of them. Listen, and also, think about this too. I know what. what? We're going there's to going to need to be COVID programming moving forward. They don't do it. I think okay. the only one. I think the only one. You heard it here, Ryan. You heard me, right? You heard me, right? <laughs> I heard you. I, heard you, I right? think the only one who would probably come out and say something what am I doing sit down because he like to talk about talk all the goddamn time is is John Sally. He'll come out and be on both ends. He'll tell you all the story. He'll give you all the dirt. You know what I'm I spill the tea for everything. But I don't they ain't say nothing about Robin's wife and what what they kind of the, the pistons I say this with all that because the narrative that Isaiah wants to portray is you know he said it on first take today when he wanted to go to Vegas it may have been a scream for help. And they like to act like everything went south is when he got here. No, yeah. no, no. It went south. About that in the 30s. It went south at the end in Detroit. Yeah. But one thing too, they, and I'm not going to get into the, the, the salaciousness of it. There seems to have been at a time a situation with Dennis Robinson's wife, and that's why he ended up in the pickup truck with the gun. And the Pistons never, and it's it's really deeper than that. They never talk about that for this to be this team-oriented organization that Zeke wants to portray. And again, a man has to deal with what a man has to deal with, but you can't act like he's a grown man in this situation, but here he doesn't have to necessarily be a grown man in this situation. It has to be across the board. All right, Ryan, real quick before we get up out of here, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, besides, uh, I guess what you guys were talking about, I thought it was interesting with the Phil background because I didn't really know Phil's total background and mm-hmm. hearing about the Puerto Rican leagues, I thought was cool. And, and just seeing like kind of how we talked about Jerry Krause being the villain. Like, they're still where Jerry Krause is cool-ish, where Phil kind of likes him, everybody kind of likes him. You see Phil dancing on the bus and stuff mm-hmm. like Or, I'm sorry, Jerry, Jerry dancing on the bus. And I just, you just know that that's going to get worse and worse, and it's just going to be so interesting to see how it continues to play out. Yeah. All right, D, real quick. All right, D and Davis Show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at that's Davis, at Brian B. Ski. Listen, we always appreciate it. We'll be back with Westworth Flip and Dan Davis, the flip. Uh, please continue to stay listening to us as we bring you a lot of great interviews and Ryan keeps doing the great work. We always appreciate it. Don't do anything crazy. Keep your hands to yourself.